I'm going to share this on my screen here. Uh, which verses, Dan? The whole chapter. The whole chapter. John chapter 5, starting with verse 1. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he had not only because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he saith the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the son quickeneth whom he will. For as the for the father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the son, that all men should honor the son even as they honor the father. He that honoreth not the son honoreth not the father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, 
so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I and of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from men, from man. But these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. And the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape, and ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom he trusts. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Eric. <clears throat> oh, Lord, our God, thy word is truth. Thy word, which is again to be proclaimed today in simplicity and in truth, dear Father, humbly, I ask that a blessed unto say, that grant me strength to speak the word in simplicity and truth. Bless the word unto us, and bless all those that hear it, for they must give account what they hear, dear Father. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. The story here begins with many people at the pool pedesta. Pedesta means a house of mercy. God was merciful in providing some healing at this place. Those that may disclaim it that it happens, they disclaim the whole Bible anyway. We believe it is true. So here were a multitude of people and says, there is a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, half withered, waiting for the move of the water. For when the water moved by the angel, the first one to step into the water would be healed of whatever disease he was. Was there any hope for the multitude here? Only one could be healed. 
only one. And usually the ones that were more fit, they were the first ones in there. There was a man there, 38 years he was laying there, hoping to get in there. Many times he must have seen the water moving, but always too late, too late, too late. It was pitiful. And then Jesus comes to this place and sees the multitude. Would not that be an opportunity for him to heal the many, many there? But he chose not to. Was it an arbitrary choice? I don't think so. Because later on we read that Jesus did always the will of his Father, that he couldn't do anything without his Father. In a past eternity, when Father and Son and Holy Trinity were together, it, it wasn't a question what he did. But here now Jesus was to be a man. And that man, he had to, to listen to his Father and obey, learn obedience, even the Bible says, even unto death. And he did that perfectly, lest anybody would question it. In Jesus' own words, he said, he did everything that his father asked him to do. Everything. More so even. If you don't believe the son, neither can we honor the father. He that honors not the son, honors not the father. So that anyway makes it exclusive to claim that Jesus brought the truth. Any other claim of religion cannot fit it in this, in this statement. So here we have Jesus looking at the multitude and sees this man, knows what his situation is, and says, will thou be made whole? What a question, what a question. And then we hear the big excuse why, why, why it would happen. He says, every time the father moves, he doesn't have any help to get him there in the water. But still he was there, laying the multitude. Now, Jesus, we get, we get back to this question later on. Jesus decides to heal him, according to the will of the Father, of course, and says, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked on the same day as the Sabbath. Now, people may have wondered when they saw him getting up, not to the pool, but walking. But there was a great multitude, and Jesus went away, and they didn't notice it. Now, when he was walking with his bed, there were some that said, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed on a Sabbath. And he answered, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked him, what man is he which said unto thee, take up your bed and walk? It seems to them it was more important the question that it was a Sabbath that it was done than that the man actually was healed, a great wonder, rather than marveling at it and praising God that he was healed. Take questions because it was done on the Sabbath. Sticklers they were. Let's be careful that we don't fall in the same trap when somebody is healed, when somebody is blessed by the Lord, that we took an excuse to, to divert from the real question. And the man, I believe in gratitude, went to the temple to thank God. And that's where Jesus met him again. And after that, Jesus finded him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole 
sin, no more less the worst thing come unto thee. What worst thing will it be? 38 years being a lame at that water and not, and not being healed. What could be worse? Spiritual healing. To be found wanting spiritually. See no more. How many people said that when he healed them? Go and see no more. Well, it wouldn't have to with sin, but by the grace of God, they would repent of it and God would heal them. Now, when the Jews knew that it was Jesus that had did the healing, right away they, they wanted to kill him. And Jesus, in the discourse, says some things which they really shocked them. My father worked he do, and I work. That really shocked them. It may not be surprised to us, but to them it was really shocking because they, what they said, therefore the Jews sought them more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also said that God, his father, was his father making himself equal with God. The Jews understood that Jesus made himself equal with God. Why is it that many people even that claim to believe in the, in the Bible don't understand that fact that Jesus is equal with God? He, he didn't cease to be the son of God. He just emptied himself all those attributes to make himself as far as temptation, as far as being tempted, like us, to, to leave his power behind and only use it in the, by the Spirit, the same power that is available to us. When Jesus was baptized, he, and the Spirit descended on him, even in the power of the Spirit, the same power is available to us. But Jesus used it fully and always, always in the will of the Father. Yes, Jesus is equal with God, although he said, the Father is greater than I. And definitely, as a man here walking below, he had to learn obedience like we do. And he was tempted like we were. Otherwise, what example could it be to us to, to walk faithfully? By the same power, of course, it's possible. <clears throat> verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing by himself, of himself, but what he see the Father do, for what things that he do it, this also do the Son likewise. He really depended on God his Father. He really always did what, he, what his Father wanted him to do. And, and that's the example that's given unto us. Who can be like that? And if nobody can be like that, then we better depend on what he says he did for us. And the Father says, for the Father judgeth no man and had committed all judgment unto the Son, committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honored not the Son, honored not the Father, which has sent him. That settles it. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way. And he doesn't honor him. He doesn't believe what he says. He doesn't believe God. God, that's a great affront to God, to disbelief. Yes, people wouldn't mind accepting the teachings of Christ up to a point. It says, and at the end of this chapter, it says, for, he, for the end of the survey, 
he was burning a, a shining light and we were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. Some people would like to accept and rejoice just in the part. And I think of the people that listen, that listen Sunday after Sunday to sermons. Yeah, they can accept it and rejoice in it, but I don't want to commit himself fully, not fully, and it's not good enough. He had committed, Father has committed all judgment to the Son because he is the Son of Man. How fair God is. He doesn't judge us from his throne, but gives the judgment to son, the Son, that he may realize, yes, he can judge. He lives perfect life. He is the only one that can judge, and all judgment is committed unto him. People would be willing to live a life, but afterwards there's judgment. What to do with that? The soul that's eternal given by God, what shall it be? There is a resurrection, he says. And all, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that hath sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall hear. That's the opportunity given to us. Now is, if we believe the word of God, what it says about Jesus Christ and what he did for us, we have eternal life already here and now. You know, eternal life, which means that we are united again with God, that is pleased with us. There is a life, a spiritual life, to be one with God, and there is a carnal life which everybody has. But we already can have a spiritual life here below. And for the Father had life in himself, so had he given to the Son of life in himself, and had given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of God, Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice even those that deny him, and shall come forth they have done good under the resurrection of life, and they have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. That's it. There's no escape. Everybody's going to have to face him. The people would be willing to live a life here, and but there's judgment afterwards. What do you do with that? How fair God is, because some, some people, they have a very hard time here below. The Apostle Paul had to say, if in this life only we have hope, we are the men most miserable, then let's eat and drink and tomorrow we die. But there is a resurrection, and Jesus is the resurrection, and Jesus is the judge of it. To the Romans, he, he, to, the, to the Greeks, he said, God has given evidence of, of all of this by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. And the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most proven fact in history that there is. It's most proved, even present day. But yet people like to deny it. He, he rece I receive not the testimony of man. I have a greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father hath given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness that the Father hath sent me. He even went as far as saying, if I don't do the works that the Father has given me, 
they will not have sin. But because I do the works that I disbelieve, the sin remains. We see that happened right here. The work of the healing of this man that was sick 38 years and they didn't believe it. They didn't believe that he has come for God. Any reasonable person would have to agree with Nicodemus. No one can do those miracles except God be with him. But they saw the miracles and found excuses to talk him away, even assign him to the devil. And then there's the evidence of the scriptures. Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. They testify of me. It would have been really wonderful to be on the way of Emmaus with those two disciples and Jesus expounded the, the things concerning himself, beginning with Moses and all the prophets and Psalms. What a wonderful witness. And we can see that ourselves in the word of God. God gives his witness. And it's interesting that the more people disbelieve the Bible, the more proof God comes, comes to support the Bible. In archaeology, in, in, in geology, you know, even the judgment, even the judgment. In Second Peter, you read chapter 3. Knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all the things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now it says, for they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, heavens were of all, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that was then was being overflowed with water perished. God already judged the world once, and only eight people escaped, and the world was the flood was worldwide, and we can see the evidence of it, but they try to dis discount it and ascribe millions of years when the evidence is that it's not so. There are much evidence in the geology and in the deposits of the, of the, of the dead animals that point toward a fast and worldwide covering of water. And, and, and there again and again they find things that prove it. But the, those that don't want to believe it, they call it an anomaly. And the anomalies, they, they accumulate after one after another. And they cannot explain it. Only the Bible has the full explanation of what happened. So God did judge already once the world. Is it so hard to believe that he's going to judge it again there? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, and in whom you trust. Yes, they trusted in Moses that, that he brought the law, but the law should condemn them. The law doesn't save. The law only prepares you to realize that you need grace to accept the truth that Jesus Christ did for you. Now let's go back to the, to the question. When Jesus asked the man, Will thou be made whole? And I think of this question and of the many that come week after week to hear the word of God, especially those that have been raised in Christian homes. They are at age 
where their forefathers were called to the army. And according to the wisdom given unto us in the truth of the word of God, we believe that it's wrong to kill people under any circumstance. And so they were forced to make a decision. Think of it, dear son. You, at your age, you already would have been forced to make a decision. What would you have done? What would you have done when Jesus walked and said, follow me? Did they, did they all have the answers to their questions? Did they, they argue with him? No, they followed. They had to make a decision. I was wondering, is there going to be a next generation raised up here in Toronto to uphold the truth, that the truth may be found for those that seek it in our midst? Much has been given unto us in terms of the light of the word of God, and we are guilty if we don't do it. There are other Christians, yes, they may have less light, but they walk by their light. But we must back the light given unto us. We dare not give that up. We must hold it dear. And, and our faith was proved in, on that point of non-resistance in upholding it. Others not. It's easy to speak in good times that, oh, when the evil times come, I'm going to be true and faithful. But our faith was proved. Settle it there in your heart. Do you accept the truth? Or do you seek other things? Some are of the age where by now would be married and raise a family. Would you dare to raise a family in this world without the blessing of God? Without the blessing of God? It's difficult as it is. You look around, see what happens to those families that don't order their life after God. They haven't got the answers that the children come up with. We, we got so many discussions and Bible studies and that you have been exposed to and questions that you can ask and have answered more than any other time. Are you seeking for more? It's pretty sad. The question is, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor, glory, evermore. Amen. Maybe we could sing now hymn 47 in the science heart. Number 47. That sets us free. It seems like that seems to be a very common theme this um, this time of, of the year in this in this uh, environment where you find ourselves in. That uh, there's so much, as we heard a couple of weeks ago, untruths going around. And um, uh, Jesus is the truth that sets us free, that makes us free. Um I'm looking for someone to have a, a closing prayer. Is Zoran Lissolov there? I see his name, but is he there? Did you have another hymn, Brother Eckhart? Or? Through this, this booklet, um, Spiritual Breadcrumbs by Brother uh, Samuel Froehlich. It's a collection of some little tidbits um, that he, he has. And I, I just read something recently that I wrote that was triggered also by what we heard this morning. Um, just a short couple sentences. <clears throat> In view of our previous relationship to Satan, we needed a savior, someone to rescue us from him. In view of our subsequent relationship to God, we need a reconciler or a mediator. Jesus Christ is both. As our mediator, he had to become and exist as a man. 
as our savior, he had to be God. And of course, this was the problem that the Pharisees had. They couldn't understand how a man could call himself God. But really, what was at back of all of that? What was the, what was the thing that, that really made it difficult to believe? Because as Christ said, and as was mentioned in the sermon, he gave them proof. It's not like he asked them to believe something without any evidence. He said if he did no works, they wouldn't have sin. But having seen the works, why wouldn't they believe? Here's another quote from another of my favorite authors, uh, A.W. Tozer. And the, the verse, you may have missed it in today's reading. It kind of slides by quickly. But when you stop and think on it, it's really quite puzzling um, uh, uh, without digging into it deeper. The verse is from, from verse 40, uh, 44 of the chapter we read, John 5, 44. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another? And seek not the honor that cometh from God only. I'm just going to read a short quote from Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, where he's talking about this verse in particular. Another saying of Jesus, and a most disturbing one, was put in the form of a question. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Tozer says, if I understand this correctly, Christ taught here the alarming doctrine that the desire for honor among men made belief impossible. Is this sin at the root of religious unbelief? Could it be that those intellectual difficulties, in quotes, <clears throat> which men blame for their inability to believe are but smoke screens to conceal the real cause that lies behind them? Was it this greedy desire for honor from men that made men into Pharisees and Pharisees into Dicides. In this, the secret back of religious self-righteousness and empty worship, I believe it may be. The whole course of the life is upset by failure to put God where he belongs. We exalt, we exalt ourselves instead of God and the curse follows. The question, of course, that's left with us is, for those that do not believe is, why don't you believe? Is there insufficient evidence? Or is it perhaps that, like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you'd rather have the honor of men? I just thought that would be worth sharing in light of what we heard today.